Kentucky basketball picks up a rather sluggish 76-64 win over the Southern Jaguars. What does this mean for Kentucky and how does the rest of non-conference play shake out for the Wildcats? All of that and more on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, also host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama, also writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. We want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms soon. We are going to be coming to YouTube. Would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified whenever the next episode of Locked On Kentucky comes out. All right, so rather sluggish win over the Southern Jaguars for the Kentucky basketball team. 76 to 64 was the final score in Rupp Arena. I want to say just right off the bat, there were not, it did not look like a lot of people were in Rupp uh, from the first few shots, but as the game went on, it, it looked like. To be honest with you, for the matchup that was at hand, it looked like a decent crowd uh, that had shown up. All right, so let's go ahead and get into some first-half impressions. We'll dive into second-half impressions, then we'll talk about what these final three games of non-conference play look like. Okay, so right off the bat, something that I noted was this team in the SEC uh, Network broadcast pointed this out. Calipari was talking about how this is the healthiest his team has probably been all year they have recovered from the sicknesses that the uh the the different players have had they were ready to go tonight Davion Mintz was back and uh the starting five uh was uh was the same as always it was Shibway Shibway uh Keon Brooks Ty Ty Washington Severe Wheeler and Kellen Grady two of those guys played 30 plus minutes uh everybody else played in the mid 20s all right so that was your starting five everything looked fine it was it was healthy from the get-go so I expected all right based on what we talked about on the podcast yesterday breaking down the Southern Jaguars and what they like to do I expected now that I knew that a healthy Kentucky squad would have been taking the floor I expected to see some some consistency and I expected to not necessarily see a blowout but I expected to see a team that was ready to go out there and play and what I did not see was a team that looked like it was ready to go out there and play there were turnovers there were missed shots Southern was running up and down the floor and this was a question that I had late on yesterday's pod was how does Kentucky elect to handle Southern? As we discussed, Southern is a very fast-paced team. They like to run up and down the floor. They don't shoot a lot of threes, but they really like to tur- create turnovers and then get to the rim. And so I th- I said Kentucky can handle this one of two ways. They can either try and slow the game down, operate in the half court, and then try and pound the ball inside, or they can try and elect to run with Southern, and they can try and elect to run their fast break because that's what Kentucky's been doing well for the past two or three games now is getting out in transition and hitting shots, uh, whether it be threes, whether it be layups, whatever it, whatever it may be. They're, they're running well in transition. And Kentucky in this game early on elected to try and run with Southern in transition. But the issue with that is the the press that the Jaguars put on Kentucky. And it was, it was evident from the get-go that they were going to try and create some turnovers and they were going to try and full court press Kentucky just about every other possession uh, down the floor and it worked there were 10 first half turnovers for the Wildcats 
and uh, it did not look pretty at certain moments. Severe Wheeler had five on the day. It was uh, it was not pretty, especially early on. Kentucky tried to break the press multiple times and run. Uh, like I was talking earlier, run with Southern, and, and at the end of the day, whether it was they got trapped in the, in the press, whether they tried to break it, it really did hurt them. And at the end of the half, they were only leading by four, and it was a back and forth affair for the majority of that first half, where it was just uh, it was just Southern making buckets, either uh, whether it be in transition or just tough twos from uh, from Sadler. Who uh, who was I believe he led no he did not lead all scores he he led Southern Jaden Sadler had 18 points finished nine of 17 from the field did not take a single three and keep in mind this is a six foot one senior guard you would think that guards of that size would maybe elect to take a couple of threes in a game but no he shot 17 uh, field goals and none of them were were threes I just I find that really interesting but 18 points no free throws by the way so every single bucket. He got, uh, he got, it was, it was not a free throw. All right, so those were some of the things that I took away. Uh, at five minutes and 30 seconds left in the first half, Kentucky was two of 10 from three. They finished the day six of 20, for, so that was 30%. So they got, they bumped it up 10%, but man, they were really not shooting well. So they were doing, they were trying to do two, two different things. They were trying to get the ball inside early to Shibway quickly or they were trying to shoot the ball quickly in transition, and shots just simply were not going down. And then on top of that, Oscar Shibway got in foul trouble, only had 10 minutes in the first half. He had two personal fouls in that first half. We'll talk about him later. He uh, made a huge resurgence in the second half uh, and was uh, was able to help the the Wildcats kind of guide them to a win. Kellen Grady and his shot, man, that it is, it is a beautiful, pure shot. That was something else that I noticed uh, in this in this first half, I believe he hit three threes in the first half. If I'm not mistaken, finished the day three of seven from the floor. All three of his shots uh, that he made came in that first half. Finished with nine points, three assists, uh, and and he played 34 minutes. And that's something that I've been talking about a little bit on this show is how many more minutes does Kellen Grady deserve to get? Because I think that that shot that he has is in fact incredibly valuable to the Wildcats. I mean, if you go three of seven on three. Uh, consistently, and then there are some days where you shoot above that. I will absolutely take that 100%. I'm really, really excited to see what Kellen Grady does in non-conference play. I think he is going to be a huge asset of this team. Whenever they need points, whenever they're down, whenever they're struggling, I think he's going to be a guy that they can definitely uh, turn to. Coming out of the under-four timeout, things really started to change for Kentucky. They started to build a little bit of a, re- a lead. They went on an 8 nothing run, and then uh, Southern closed it out with a couple of buckets of their own before the end of the uh, the first half. Kentucky's offensive struggles when Shibway, uh Kentucky's offense struggles rather, excuse me, when Shibway is not on the floor. And this is something I saw a lot of different people on Twitter and some writers also commenting on is Oscar Shibway makes this Kentucky offense go. And whenever he is not on the floor, it looks like the team is a little discombobulated. They don't have that present presence that they can go to inside. And so when he gets in foul trouble or whenever he's off, he's not having a good day, I could see this team really falling flat in SEC play. And that is my biggest concern. If you listen to this pod, you know my biggest concern right now is what does this team look like in SEC play? Because their strength of schedule is 350th nationally, according to Kim Palm. As of this moment, their strength of schedule out of 358 Division I teams is 350th nationally, and that is not good. I, I, the fact that they are struggling against this, this poor of a competition really, really concerns me 
down the road, and it's not like it was it, there were any major issues. The, the team was fully healthy. It was just simply the fact that they had not played in eight days. They were a little bit sluggish out the gates, and Southern took advantage of it. Obviously, Southern wanted to come and play. There was obviously some things at stake. Really, really uh, was impressed with the fight that they showed uh, consistently whenever they would get blocked or whenever it would feel like, okay, Kentucky could potentially go on a little bit of a run here. Southern was able to stick with it. Some really tough shots made in the paint by the Southern Jaguars team. Was really impressed with the fight that they put up in the first half. All right, so those were all of the uh, takeaways that I had from the first half. We're going to talk about second-half takeaways and what changed and why Kentucky was able to build a little bit more of a lead in just a second. But before we do that, want to tell you guys about our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. All of the users that make a deposit using promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code Locked On when you make a deposit. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries, which means you can take the over on LeBron James or some player in the NBA combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes or some player in the NFL in the exact same entry. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code Locked On or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. All right, so continuing to break down uh, impressions from Kentucky, 76 to 64 win over the Southern Jaguars came out strong uh, in the second half. We're able to finish the Jaguars off after only being up by four at halftime. Kentucky eventually won by 12. All right, so impressions from the second half of this contest. Oscar Shibway absolutely dominated the paint. Like I mentioned earlier, he only had 10 minutes in the first half, finished with 25 minutes total in the game, was fit, was uh, 9 of 11 from the field, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. He had 23 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and four of, those, uh, 4 of those 11 rebounds, by the way, were offensive. He was able to clean up on the glass, and man, like I was saying earlier, this, this offense really struggles, it seems like, Whenever Oscar Shibwe is not on the floor, it looks like they're a little discombobulated. It looks like they don't necessarily know how to operate without that strong inside presence. And I'll just go ahead and say, this Kentucky team is not the tallest in the world, right? They are, according to KenPom.com, they are 231st nationally in average height. The average player on Kentucky's roster is 766 inches tall the national average in case you are wondering is 77 inches even so they're a little bit under average and I'm going to be honest with you the fact that their presence inside and I think I've talked about this a little bit before on this podcast is the fact that their presence inside is six foot nine kind of concerns me because when you take him out of the equation who is that guy that you're going to because if you don't have that size down low I mean honestly you can have skilled size right or skill with a lack of size like six foot nine I remember there was a player that I think it was Auburn had Deshaun Murray he was a six foot three power forward and it was just skill he was just able to to body people in the paint he was really he was really thick he was very muscular had a lot of weight on him and at six foot three he was able to just kind of body people in the paint had really good post skills and he was able to uh, be a starter in the SEC just a few 
few short years ago. Oscar Shibwe at six foot nine. Obviously, there's no issues there. Issues there. You can dominate as a forward at six foot nine. He's got the skills. But if you're going to bring in somebody off the bench, you're trying to figure out where those forward minutes go. And so I'm just wondering, you know, with, with the lack of somebody that's like six foot six foot eleven, seven feet tall. Look, you can have a seven footer or a six foot eleven guy on your roster, and, and and he he doesn't necessarily need to have skill. He just needs to be a body in there in case you run into teams like Southern that really like to attack the paint. So the fact that they're still trying to figure out minutes at the forward position kind of concerns me. Obviously, you're looking at Toppin uh, and Collins and Bryce Hopkins and Lance Ware as all four different guys that you could uh, you could look at at that position. Talking about Damian Collins, by the way, the recipient of multiple lobs in this game, finished uh, with 17 minutes on the game, eight points, three blocks, a steal, six rebounds, was four or five from the floor, and like I said earlier, again, uh, quite a few lobs thrown his way in this game. Jacob Toppin tried to kill a man on on a on what would have been a cool, uh, really, really thunderous slam. Uh, I believe it was in the second half, but he missed. He finished with two points, one of four from the field, had 21 minutes as opposed to Collins 19. So they're trying to figure out how to patch that spot at the forward position. Again, Kentucky's a little undersized there, and I'm just saying, if I were to have somebody there after Shibway goes out, I would rather have a six foot eleven, seven foot guy that does not have experience yet over a guy that's like six foot eight, six foot nine or shorter that has that experience. I'd like to be able to get a little presence or physical presence inside whenever my skill guy goes out. It's a nice compliment. Uh, in terms of their ability, and I think, again, whenever you run into a team like Southern, it's de- it definitely causes some problems whenever you have a smaller guy uh, in there trying to guard a team that really, really likes to take a lot of different twos. So that's just was, was one of my concerns uh, from this game. I believe there were three different times where Shibwe got a rebound or was just muscling his way into the paint, uh, picked up a foul, and scored, which was really impressive. And this was something that we talked about as well on yesterday's show, uh, talking about one way or another, Kentucky's going to be able to get inside with Shibwe. And uh, the foul trouble kept Shibwe out of it in the first half, but in the second half, he just kind of did what he wanted to. Something that we noted was that this uh, this Southern team is not very good at guarding twos. In fact, their two-point percentage they allow is 58.8%, which is 347th nationally out of 358 Division One teams. So they really, really struggle to guard the two, and it was evident in the second half whenever Kentucky skill guy Oscar Shibwe was on the floor. Again, 9 of 11 from the field for Shibwe, 23 points, 11 rebounds. Only 25 minutes in this game. I mean, that's really, really solid product- production, and again, a lot of it came in the, uh, in the second half. And then... When Kentucky, it looked like, okay, maybe they're starting to pull away just a little bit. Kentucky, or Southern, excuse me, made a 7-0 run, and they cut it to six points. Uh, and that was a little bit concerning. Uh, I, was, I was sitting there thinking, like, man, okay, in the past, in, the, in these matchups, over these past few weeks, Kentucky, whenever they faced an inferior opponent, they've struggled in the first half, they've adjusted, and they've come out running in the second half, and they've just kind of been able to dominate and take over. And Southern, out of all teams is making a run on him. And so that was kind of surprising to me. But then uh, Kentucky kind of finished things off late, got a couple of layups in transition. Uh, Severe Wheeler kind of had some points, I believe, there at the end of the game. And then, then that that was that. Southern just didn't have the dudes or the shots to, uh, to uh, keep up with Kentucky at the very end. But I will say again, uh, Sadler, the, uh, the guard for for uh, Southern, Jaden Sadler, really, really tough, impressive what I saw.
just all night attacking the paint and was relentless and was really, really tough. I loved what I saw out of him. Props to him. He's going to be a great player. Uh, hopefully, if he's able to make it either to to the, uh, I, I would imagine the G League or some overseas team, I think he's going to be a really solid piece for somebody moving forward. Just a very physical, doesn't let up kind of kid. Love to see that. Kentucky, by the way, just want to point out before we move on, Kentucky is now 20th in the Kim Palm rankings. They were 16th heading into this game. They dropped four spots after that game against Southern. Uh, Kentucky is now, I believe, 7-1 on the season. They will play Notre Dame this Saturday, December 11th, and that is going to be a very, very fun matchup. And we're going to talk about what the the uh, the last three games of non-conference play look like for Kentucky in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march into the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. They've got so many different flavors too, you'll have a hard time choosing. We have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. I'm going to continue to harp on it on this show. Cookies and cream and salted caramel are absolutely the best Built Bar flavors out there. Hands down, you have to try at least one of them. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it, but be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. It can get messy pretty quick. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky again. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. So Kentucky again, victors over Southern by 12 points. 76-64 to was the final score. I would probably say MVP of this game was Oscar Shibway, finished with 23 points, 11 rebounds. Ty Ty Washington, the second closest score, finished with 14 points on 5 of 10 shooting, was 1 of 3 from downtown, had 3 rebounds, 5 assists, uh, and 1 steal. You look at the overall uh, statistics from this game. Kentucky shot about 50% from the field, or close to it, rather, excuse me, 49.1% from the field, 30% from three, like I mentioned earlier. And I think something that really killed them that could have been beneficial down the road is free throw shooting. They probably could have won this game by a lot more had they hit at a higher clip. They were 14 of 23 from the free throw line, 60.9%. 
uh, are the totals there. Kentucky finished with 15 turnovers, 10 of them in the first half, so they adjusted in that department. And something that was to be expected as Southern is a smaller basketball team, 12 blocks for the uh, the Wildcats. Four of them came from uh, Shebway. Four of them came from Toppin. You look at some of the numbers for Southern, they shot 41.4% from the field, 38.5% from three, which is just a tick under their average. They shot 91% from the free throw line. They had 25 total rebounds as opposed to Kentucky's 41. Only 10 assists, 13 turnovers, had eight steals, which is well under their average, and they had four blocks of their own. One of them, I, I remember vividly, it was just it was just a crushing uh, block from uh, I believe it was Sears uh, was the was the player that got it the forward for for uh, for for Southern. Again, this was a gritty team. This was a team that wanted to come in and and play hard and win this game. They did not want to lie down. And Kentucky, look, they are coming off of a stretch where they were incredibly sick. The team did not get to practice a whole lot. I'm sure Southern was scouted. I'm sure Kentucky understood what they needed to do to beat this team. I think that's why you saw very quickly Kentucky try and elect to break the press. They just couldn't do it. Uh, for the for the uh, for the majority of the first half, this team was obviously scouted, but I don't think that there were uh, enough players healthy to really try and get in some practices uh, against the uh, the Jaguars. And so, honestly, I know that I've been incredibly critical of this team at certain points during non-conference play so far this season, but. I think this is one where I can kind of give the Wildcats a pass and say, you know what, it is what it is. It was sluggish. Uh, there were turnovers. The, the the ball just simply didn't go in the hole tonight for, for Kentucky when it comes to three-point shots. And you know what? What you going to do about it? Let's move on to the next one. Speaking of the next one, how about the next three before SEC play? So you've got Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Louisville, and all three of those opponents are inside Ken Palm's top 50. Notre Dame is the 49th best team in the nation, uh, Ohio State is 19th, and Louisville is 39th. Again, that's all according to Ken Palm. And speaking of that, Ken Palm believes that uh, Kentucky will beat Notre Dame by two, they will lose to Ohio State by one, and then they will beat Louisville by six. So they've got some really tight games coming up before they get to that Missouri game on December 29th. Really excited for that matchup, but man, they've got some really fun ones before that. And so I just wanted to kind of reiterate some things that I've been saying over the past few game recaps that I've done, which is Kentucky still has to figure out how to operate in the half court, especially without Oscar Shebway. I think they run well in transition. The shots just did not go down tonight against Southern. You know what? That's okay. Not every night's going to be your night, to be quite honest with you. I'm thankful that tonight was the night against a team like Southern instead of a team like Tennessee or Auburn or Alabama later on down the road. Very thankful that it was against a team like Southern. So you have to have those shots go down in transition. You have to be able to uh, you have to be able to work your half court offense, especially without Shebway on the floor. And then you have to learn how to figure out how to cut down on turnovers because I feel like Kentucky would try not in just in this game, but even in games past where they will try and force the issue. And it's just an unforced error here or there. I mean, if we're going to play like the number ten team in the country, if we're going to look at all these different metrics that we have and say, yeah, statistically we're sound, on tape we're sound. Uh, let's be proud of that. Let's try and cut down on some of those those unnecessary turnovers. I'm not saying be perfect. I'm just saying cut down on some of them. 
So those are some of the things that Kentucky is going to have to do well. Notre Dame coming up this Saturday, this Friday, we're going to have a jam-packed breakdown of the Fighting Irish. We're going to take a look at what they do well, what they don't do well. We're going to talk about some of the offense and the defensive numbers for them. I want to point out that Notre Dame has lost three games in a row. So while Ken Palm thinks that this is going to be a legitimate matchup, I am not so sold that the Irish are going to be able to hang with Kentucky, even though this game is in South Bend, Indiana. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Lock. Locked on Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys making Locked on Kentucky your first listen every single day. Now do me a favor and go make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at DawPound, D-A-W-E-P-O-U-N-D. If you have any questions, any comments about the show, just shoot, just tag me. Shoot me a DM. I would love to talk to you. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. All right, that's going to do it, everybody. Have a great day, everybody. Go Wildcats, and God bless.